Hello, my friends, and welcome to Backable. Achieving a million-dollar turnover is a big achievement for many in the SME space, but it can be a daunting task for some business owners, particularly for new entrepreneurs who have not reached this milestone before. So today, TK takes us through the five things both you and your business must know and be ready for that helped his businesses and those he advises reach this important goal. One of the great milestones as an entrepreneur is hitting the seven-figure mark for the first time. And for those of you that don't know what the seven-figure mark is, that is the number one followed by six number zeros. That equals $1 million. And that, for a lot of people, particularly doing it for the first time, is a monumental milestone. We've been lucky enough to go through this with countless clients for the first time, a lot of self-funded business owners that finally break that seven-figure mark. And it's a big deal. And it's a big deal for them. And not just because, hey, it's a lot of money, because I guess when you you start building businesses of all sizes, a million dollars sometimes loses its luster. But for a small business and for a business that's going through it for the first time, it really is a monumental thing. And so, what I thought it'd be worth talking about is some of the lessons that I've gone through doing this a number of times, particularly in the early stages when everything was self-funded, that it was just, you know, running a company off the smell of an oily rag. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. And it really felt like I'd achieved something, that we'd achieved something when I was doing this with Alana. And one of the things that you have to understand is you can break the million dollar mark if you're an SME. It can feel like this monumental huge mountain you need to climb. But generally, that's relative to where you are in that first million dollar journey. And the reason this is very prevalent this week for me is we've had a number of clients that have just gone into Q4, Q4 down here in Australia, which is the last quarter of the financial year. And they've hit that mark with the quarter still to go, which is really great. And it's really exciting because, you know, we're high-fiving and celebrating just because, A, it's fun, but B, because you should smell the roses when you get the opportunity to. We've had a couple of clients, and I think I mentioned it on another podcast, that one client that started with us that did this month, their total revenue was the same as their total business revenue when we first met, you know, which is just ridiculous and and fun because we were having a bit of a laugh about it. But we also had another client that was basically at what I would consider for their family the very end of their tether months and months ago when they said, we just can't see how this business is ever going to get past a certain amount. And they called me up on Friday and said, you wouldn't believe this, but we're double that number. And they've just they're well into the seven figures now. But at the time, even to dream about the numbers that they're doing now was just, it was just so far out of their consciousness that it just felt silly. In fact, it was more frustrating thinking about it because how could you possibly do that sort of revenue number if I can't even do this number and this is nearly killing me? And I'm sure a lot of you listening can relate to that experience that you feel like it's so hard to do what you're doing now 
how on earth can I even see a pathway to getting to a million dollars turnover, $5 million turnover, $10 million turnover, whatever it is. So I thought today we'd just start with the first million and some of the lessons and discussions that we regularly have at our business, but particularly some of the things that I've learned doing this quite a few times. And I think the first one, and we'll jump straight into it, is you've got to accept that the path to a million dollars, remember this is a million dollars revenue, is not linear. And what does linear mean? It means it's this continual line that heads in a direction. You start a business and every week from that point, you just keep taking steps forward. You just keep moving forward in a gentle way and the world opens up for you and makes it really easy to get there. It's just not how business works. It's certainly not how SMEs work. It is a tough path that requires maneuvering stepping back, stepping forward, stepping sideways, ducking, weaving. It really is like a boxing match. If you've ever watched boxing, they don't just stand there and move forward. You've got to move around. You've got to find ways. You've got to go forward. You've got to go back. You've got to just do all these things. Now, that's what it's like running an SME, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate. It feels horrible when you have to take a step back, and sometimes it's not even a conscious step back. It's a client leaving. It's a deal that didn't go through. It's cash flow that didn't meet the forecast. It's a product that you knew was going to be a winner, but actually it just didn't hit with the market. All these things that happen, but speak to any SME owner and you're not alone. That's just the game, particularly when you're self-funded and you're doing this for the first time. The game is putting yourself out there and getting feedback and adjusting. So you have to accept that the first million dollars in revenue is going to take some blood, sweat, and tears at times. The only reason it becomes easier once you've done it a few times is because you just know the game, so it's not as emotional. But the first time, jeepers, it's emotional. Everything's emotional. Every decision's emotional. Every result's emotional. That is a game you have to accept, and you have to actually make peace with the lifestyle you've chosen. It doesn't change. It just gets easier because you've done it before. And then on the really weird occasion where you finally put your experience and some results together, you'll start to become addicted to it because that's actually where the fun is. The fun is playing the game when you have a little bit of resource and experience behind you. So number one, accept and really accept that the path to a million for your first time is not linear. It really isn't. The second thing, which I think is very difficult for a lot of business owners, is the fact that you have to accept and you have to understand that you're going to outgrow a lot of great people. You're going to outgrow employees. You're going to outgrow clients. You're going to outgrow systems. You're going to basically outgrow everything. It's why it's important not to systemize too early before the business has even had the opportunity to work out what it's doing because you'll just waste too much time. And this is really important because from a theoretical point of view, 
most of us can go, yeah, I understand that. As the business changes and develops, the people that I had on day one might not be ready for day 755. And that's easy to intellectualize. The issue is it's emotional sometimes. Sometimes people have been in the trenches with you, clients as well, when you were small, but your business doesn't really do what you did when they started. And what you do now, the way you might have to charge, the way you might service, the way as you as the owner might not actually be the person delivering if you started a service-based business, that transition is really emotionally difficult for a lot of people. And it can slow companies down dramatically because the owner's still trying to help out. The owner's still trying to be involved because you feel a sense of loyalty, which is correct. But you have to understand at times, these are the tough decisions. These are the decisions where you recognize that unless I change, the business stops. Unless I start to trust other people servicing my business, the business stops. Unless I become the business owner, manager, CEO rather than operational, the business will be too slow to get to where I want to get to. And you see this all the time. We see it all the time, which is you go into a business and the CEO or owner is still sort of operationally doing most of it. They've still got their hands in every part of their business and they wonder why they feel overwhelmed. They wonder why things aren't going quickly. They wonder why everyone's not contributing. They're wondering why it takes so long to grow because the reality is you're involved in everything. The trick being, how can my business deliver a product or service not fully reliant on me? And this is a lesson you do get in the first million because in most businesses, you're going to need to let go at different times. You're going to need to evolve. You're definitely going to need to outgrow people. So it's something to understand and have a look at. Look at your business right now and ask yourself, why haven't we outgrown this yet? And the answers become pretty evident when you really analyze them because you have to accept that nothing lasts forever and you're going to need to grow and outgrow. So that's a big one, I think, for number two because it is an emotional one. It's something you do need to calibrate as the owner. I think the third thing that is particularly obvious for companies that get there quicker, and this is not natural for everyone, even though a lot of people think it is, but it definitely isn't. It's the fact that you have to want the work. You have to really want the work. For me, like when I'm starting and I was self-funding, I wanted all the work. I wanted to adapt to get the work because what a lot of SMEs do is they just don't want the work enough. They leave so much on the table. They allow prospects to dictate the way it's going to be or they let a sale walk out the door because they don't want it. They don't ask for it and they forget that people want to work with people that want the work. They want to fix their problem. And you have to be hungry with that. Now, that sounds really obvious, right? Of course I want the work. I started a business. It's not the work I don't want. I just don't have enough of it. Then let's look around if that's you. Let's look around at your day and ask yourself, how much time are you spending each week hunting for work, hunting for it, new opportunities, evolution of your product, follow up on old clients, follow up in new clients, networking, finding new marketing strategies, whatever it is. How much as a proportion of your week do you spend on that? And then you hear people say, 
Tim, you don't understand. In my business, I have to do so much. There's never enough time to consistently do that. And then you go, well, you realize that's why you've got a problem with sales, right? Because there's not enough energy there. And so you have to find a way, and this is part of your job as the CEO, is to find a way to still deliver your product or service at a high quality, but keep building and evolving the business. Keep putting enough energy that allows your business to evolve. And that's very difficult for some people because if you're a control freak or you're new and the business or the product or service is new, you want to do a lot of quality control. You want to be on top of everything. But then you have these ebbs and flows, these ebbs and flows of not having enough clients, not having enough sales, having too many, having no operational, and it's exhausting. And you realize, unless I break this cycle, it's never going to change. And that's the important thing. A lot of businesses, which is so ridiculous, have their breakthroughs because the owner's given up saying, I can never go on like it is now. So I'm just going to give this a go. I'm going to try something different. And what do you know? Things start to change. And particularly in that sub million dollar category, you've got to want the work and you've got to keep hunting it. Sometimes it's the cost of not delivering as well as you could. It still has to be great, but it could be better. A lot of you would have heard the phrase or even listened to one of our earlier podcasts about minimal viable product, which is a big tech word, which is getting your product out at its minimal viable state. Most entrepreneurs who are in more traditional businesses don't do that. They try and perfect everything and wonder why everything takes so long. They don't sell on the spot when they hear an opportunity knowing that they could do it. Things like that. You have to want the work. You have to want the opportunity. You have to be ready for the opportunity even if you don't feel you're ready yet because it is so competitive when you're at this level. You don't have the resources to pick and choose. You have to take the opportunity when it comes and works it, work it out because the failure rate of businesses is so high that timing sometimes isn't perfect. But if you think about it, when is timing ever really perfect? Perfect timing is when you basically say yes to the right opportunity, right? And I'm sure a lot of you can think that and go, yeah, you're right. It was actually the worst time to get this opportunity, but we made it work and then it feels like the best time. So think about this as an organization, as your business, where are you stagnating? Where are you stopping hunting? Where are you not wanting to push fast enough, hard enough, put more effort in there, real effort, not just going through the motions. I see a lot of people go, I go through so much effort to get new sales. I go, what do you do? Oh, I go to this you know, networking five nights a week. I go, yeah, but you're not really working there. You're standing in a corner. You're talking to the people you know. You're not actively engaging. That's not sales. That's hanging out. Yes, you might find people that will eventually do business with you, but there's strategy there as well. There are KPIs, there are meeting people, they're engaging, they're doing things that take energy, but you have to want to do it. When you really flick your brain into, I want the work, I really want the work, I want all the work, I want the work more than that person or that business wants the work, and you approach your business like that, Changes everything. The next thing you want to think about if you're going towards your first million dollar turnover is to get the idea in your mind that people don't 
luck their way into a million bucks. It's not luck. It's focus and discipline. And this is the hard bit because a lot of people started businesses because they didn't want the structure. They wanted to be free, have the freedom to run their own lives. So it's almost like this, because I chose that, I don't want to feel structured in my business. I want to be able to do things when I want to do things. And it's not the right way to approach it. In fact, because you're under-resourced, you have to be very structured and very disciplined till you get your cash reserves up. And even then, it'll just become second nature. But particularly at the start when you're into it, that's when you have to place the structures and discipline to execute the things that work and do them over and over again till you can build some critical mass. Most entrepreneurs that I meet have convinced themselves that being unstructured is the way of the entrepreneur. It's like when I meet really great artists and you you see the ones that are really commercially successful, and this isn't a blanket comment, this is just some of the observations I've had meeting a few of these people, that the ones that are the most creative in inverted commas, they're the ones that are most disorganized, that there's things everywhere, that their studios look like bombs have hit them because they're creative, right? They let the creation flow. Then you get to the ones that are commercially, professionally killing it. They're structured, they're disciplined, they take their craft really seriously, they make sure they continuously improve. And people wonder why, oh, they just got lucky because someone picked them up or they just got found out. And go, well, maybe. Or maybe because they really take their profession seriously. They're very creative, but they've got focus and discipline and they repeat it until they find the result they want. And it's not saying you can't be creative and have a messy studio, but I just find it interesting when you see the real pros and how they approach their their task, their game. It's very different than what a lot of people think creative endeavors are. I think the fifth thing that is worth noting when you're on your way to your first million is your business is going to amplify your weaknesses. What do I mean by that? Your weaknesses as an entrepreneur, as a manager, as a leader, or just the inexperience you have will be amplified through your business. It will eventually reflect you, your values, your principles, and those gaps. It's not a bad thing, by the way, because none of us are perfect. None of us are so well-rounded that we have all those skills. In fact, you don't want to try and round out all your skills. You want to get enough critical mass in your business to start bringing in experts in the things that you're not so good at. So if you're a brilliant operational technician, maybe you need to bring in an entrepreneur. Maybe you're fantastic at creating ideas and you flexing your entrepreneur muscle. Maybe you need to bring in a world-class manager, but obviously you can't afford that when you're sub one million and you don't want to give away your whole business in equity or all other things until you've actually got to a point where there's value there. So you've got something once you're more established. But you have to understand that the business in the interim will reflect your weaknesses, reflect the things you're not so crash hot at. And so you've got to work your way around those weaknesses, work out how to get support in those areas work out what am I going to need to do here in order to allow the business to get through this period, knowing that this could be a weak point. And that self-actualization as an owner, as someone who's growing themselves, 
is very, very positive. Just identifying it is a great thing. You don't have to beat yourself up about it. It's not about identifying and going, identifying something that you think you're weak at and going, now I can't run a business. Not at all. That's what you do in the sub million dollars. You learn these things, you work out how to navigate them, and you put the things that are best fit in place. And that's the great thing about being the owner of the business. You can decide what that is and put it in place. And there are thousands of different strategies in order to do that. And that's where your entrepreneurial muscle gets flexed again. You might be able to outsource that. You might be able to train that. You might be able to get help on that. You might be able to employ for that. You might be able to put technology in to fix it, whatever it is. But you have to understand that your weaknesses will be amplified. And to push past those points and to break that magical million dollar mark, you do have to then work out how am I going to fix them? That's part of your job. It's the same also if you're working for someone. You need to take your career and professionalize it. Where am I great? Where am I not so great? What do I need to do to become more rounded? How do I make myself more valuable for maybe this company, within this industry, whatever it is? The process is the same for everyone, but you do need to understand and identify that. Most people who don't delve into that just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again and start blaming everything external to themselves. Oh, it's a tough industry. It's just hard. The timing's just not right. Whatever it is. But you have to understand if you can look inward, understand where those weaknesses are and start to find solutions, you're going to progress really quickly. So I think if you're someone who's for the first time aiming for that million dollar mark, once you break through, there are a lot of elements that become a lot easier. There are also elements that change significantly. But the one thing you have to do in that sub million dollar turnover business is you have to understand this. You are owed nothing. You are owed nothing for your efforts. You are owed nothing because you want it. You are owed nothing because you've taken risk. And you are owed nothing because you've tried. As soon as you understand that you are owed nothing, you play the game in the right spirit. You play the game because you remember, because I wanted to play this game. I want to play it because I want to see how I go. I want to see if I can do this. I want to see if I can challenge myself to achieve these things. But as soon as you allow that whole idea of victim or why things happen to you or bad luck, you're just setting yourself up for a much harder journey. And what you'll find is we're all playing this game. We all have opportunity. We all have an ability. But you need to play it and you need to play it to the best of your ability. And the one thing is just completely removing those negative thoughts. I am owed nothing, but I choose to play because this is what I've chosen to do. And for that, for all of you heading towards that very first million dollar turnover, I admire you and I salute you. Go and get it. You definitely deserve it. Have a great day. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. And of course, if you head on over to backable.ai, you can access all the downloadables we've put together. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, then make sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. As always, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. That's all from us for now. Have a great week, and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye.